Carl, thank you for coming in. No problem. Now, Carl, um, many would say we're racing towards a housing crisis. Uh, let me give you an example, perhaps, of house prices. I moved to the Humber region in 1994, bought a house in the East Riding for £33,000. Those houses are now selling at um, over £100,000. So house prices have gone up by 300%, but um, generally people's incomes have only risen by 40%. So do you agree, first and foremost, that we are heading towards a housing crisis? And if so, how will Liberal Democrat policy tackle that? I think we're not heading towards a housing crisis. I think we're in a housing crisis. Um, and we can see that, you know, the example you give there with regards to, to house prices, you know, my, my story is, is 1998. There was a large house on the corner of one of the avenues. It was seven bedrooms. And it was £90,000. You know, a seven-bedroom house in the avenue is £90,000. Shoot, seven bedrooms. That's been turned into flats now, as you'd ex well, not expect, but just the trend of these days. So... You've got house prices, and I think it's been driven by a very skewed set of priorities uh, at Westminster. I think what we have is people define their wealth by how much their house is worth. So we've got a very skewed debate where house prices have to keep rising because people define their wealth by it. But if house prices keep rising and wages don't keep up, then no one can buy new houses, and that's what we're seeing now. The focus on on ever rising house prices is forcing people out of the housing market. The interesting thing, and I think this is part of the reason why not a lot of national politicians have tackled this. That as a liberal, yeah, you know, one one of the things I'd like to see is a massive house building program. Why? Because if you cr increase the supply, house prices will fall. As soon as you get falling house prices, you know, there'll be email, there'll be headlines in the Daily Mail, there'll be questions in Parliament, house prices are falling, it's a national crisis. Well, not, it's not a crisis for the people who want to get on the housing ladder. So we, we have quite a tricky situation where people's wealth depends on their house, their retirement fund is basically their equity. So we want to build more houses, um, 300,000 over the course um, of, of a year, 300,000 a year. Um, we would like to see a housing investment bank, basically like, like the Green Investment Bank people have talked about, a similar investment bank for, for housing. But, and again, you know, we've started this talk straight away talking about house prices. What about the one in five people who privately rent? Yeah, I, I rent a house. Um, for very complicated circumstances, I used to own a house, I don't anymore. I now privately rent. And I've seen the change in that over the course of 10 years. So... I just did a quick, quick exercise on the way out this morning. Local housing allowance for Hull is £86 and so many pay a week. There are 324 two-bedroom houses at the moment up there um, for let in Hull. Only 12 of those 324 actually have a rent below that local housing allowance. So if you are unemployed, if you rely upon housing benefit, like I've, I've had to rely upon housing benefit in the past, the availability of housing stock is not there. So it's not just a crisis of home ownership, it's a crisis of rent as well. And that's where we have to look at things like how can the government help, especially first-time first -time renters with their deposit. Yeah, I moved flat in January. It cost me over £1,000 just on things like deposits and letting agents' fees and you know, your first month's rent on top of you. So it's, it's a very expensive way. So how can we help, especially young people, first-time letters, to get even on the rented market, never mind the housing market? 
Is it time then that the private rental sector was regulated? Uh, certainly in other European countries, uh, rents within the private rental sector are set by local authorities. I'm not, I'm not a big lover of that. I think, I think first of all, as a politician, um, as someone who used to lead, lead Hull City Council, simple solutions sound good on paper. Do they always work in practice? And a lot of European cities do have renting policies. What that's tended to have done is is stifle stifle letting, uh, stifle new properties for rent, but also stifle things like property upkeep. So we end up seeing a very bizarre situation where you don't have enough houses in the letting sector to to let. So I think we've got to be very careful about proposing what what obviously is a superficially very good policy and. You know, in one respect, how could you disagree with it? But if it leads to problems with supply, if it leads to problems with, with upkeep, then then we could be creating further problems down the line. The, uh, the termination of a short-term contract in the private rental sector is the biggest single cause of homelessness, of people seeking statutory help for homelessness. So surely that in itself is uh, an argument for uh, greater regulation. Yeah, I'm not against greater regulation. I think my, my concern would be about setting, letting, um, how, how much a house, a home flat is, is let for. That's the worry. And obviously you've got to be, we don't want skyrocketing, um, but we want to encourage more properties on the market for let. Yeah, rent, um, contracts is an interesting one. I, I've always had a, an assured six months then going on to month by month. I personally have never had a problem. Obviously, one person doesn't make, you know, it's just anecdotal, but um, I've never had a problem. But can we encourage more long-term lettings? How do we do that? How do we... Um, the, the flip side is, could we get that, but also reassure landlords that if tenants do need to be exited, maybe for non-payment rent, maybe because they're trashing the house. How can we protect the landlords at the same time? But it's not something I'm in principle against, but as, as, a, sort of as a personal letter now for over 10 years now, it's not something I've personally came to contact with. Has right to buy had its day? Um, back in the mid-90s across England, um, local authorities owned about 3.6 million properties. That's down to just a third of that, about 1.5 million now. So has right to buy had its day? Yeah, I, th- I think we've peaked on right to buy. Um, uh, I can't see, you know, you'll, you'll still get the odd houses being bought um, under right to buy, but you know, the, I think the age of the mass sell-offs is, is over. The housing benefit bill um, is around about £25 billion a year. Um, about £9 billion of that is paid to private rental sector landlords. Uh, does that surprise you? Uh, no, <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. <laughs> um, um, Council council rents have been kept artificially low as a matter of policy over, over a number of years. The Labour government was trying to uh, to find a way to equalise that, which mainly meant council rents going up. Um, but um, but no, it doesn't surprise me that that the, the, the housing bill is, is taken up by uh, the housing um, benefit bill is taken up by private rented sector by a large degree. Uh, you're working with young people now as a maths teacher um, at a, an academy in the west of Hull, I believe. Would you say young people are actually more positive, though, now about employment prospects? I think you always are as a kid. You know, you, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be this. And as a teacher, I ask that, what do you want to do? Well, you know, there, there's your route to being, uh, running your own business, being a, a fireman, being an architect or, or whatever. So kids, uh, I think it's, it's a good thing. I don't think we, we need to be sort of 
pushing the doom and gloom onto kids when, when they're still kids. You know, we shouldn't be putting our neuroses onto, onto children. We wouldn't give them a false view of life, but, you know, we, we want to give them the best start in life they can. That's about having them, them having a positive attitude. And you don't get that by saying, oh, the world's going to hell in the handcart. Isn't it awful? You're going to be homeless and unemployed and rack up student debt. Yes. Yeah. You need to have a positive mindset to succeed in life. Um, a change in the universal credit that has surprised me most, that's only just come in actually in the, in the last month, is that 18 to 21-year-olds are, are no longer automatically entitled to housing benefit. Now, 18-year-olds and above, um, they can fight for their country, they can vote, they can get married. Why should young adults, do you think, uh, be treated any differently to any other adult? I'm speaking personally now. I'm not sure it's going to come up in the, the Lib Dem manifesto uh, on this. Everyone's willing to catch up and put their promises together. But it's a disgrace. You know, you're 18, you're an adult. Full stop. So if you need housing benefit, you should get housing benefit. Now, to stress that's a personal opinion, but certainly if, if I was elected as an MP, I think that's a point I'd be put into Parliament. It's, you know, your housing costs don't cease just because you're under the age of 21. But... You know, we've had this problem for a while with under 35s. In you know, under 35s, uh, they're treated differently under the under the local housing allowance as well. So it's not just a problem for 18 to 21s; it's a problem for under 35s. But what I find interesting, I think, this, uh, in terms of consequences of this, um, bizarrely on the way out of here, uh, an advert from Shelter popped up on on my Facebook page. So I clicked through and I was reading some of the stuff from from Shelter. Um, it is only 7% of under-25s who are um, homeless nationally. So that clearly will have an impact on that 7%, but it's still uh, predominantly an older person's problem, um, homelessness. So we don't want to... I, I'm, not, I'm not saying we shouldn't, should ignore 18 to 21, you know, as far as I'm concerned. You know, they're the adults, that they should be having the same rights and responsibilities as everyone else. But the, the bigger problem in terms of homelessness does seem to be an older person's problem. And that could be because younger people may be able to sofa surf more and all the sort of, you know, all the the other ways we can get around um, being actually homeless on the streets. Um, sofa surfing is still a problem, but it's a less of a, it's a, it's a lesser of evil than having to sleep in a doorway on a, on a cold December night. You will have seen the statistics, I'm sure, that homelessness, uh, rough sleeping, um, has doubled since 2010. Uh, nationally, that is. Um, of course, the first five years of that um, was coalition government. That's partly Liberal Democrat um, agreement, agreement, perhaps with Tory policy, that has, has caused that to happen. What do you think we will see in the Liberal Democrat uh, manifesto to help turn that around? I think, I think that they're all linked in together. I think, I think the first thing we have to to stress is that if we have a booming economy naturally the homeless situation will get better. I was going to say deteriorate, but get better. Um, there'll be less homelessness you know, if you're in a job, if you're in a stable job. That helps. So what what you're left with, basically, is a is a is sort of a rump, people who really need help. And I remember getting really frustrated as a very young man, um, quite a while ago now. Um, I remember, even before I was in politics, I remember going to a public meeting, and I remember sort of bang jabbed my fist on the table, I was 19 and I, I knew everything and and I'm breaking this housing officer saying well, it's, it's easy, you've got empty council houses get those homeless people, get them a house give them a house, I'm this housing officer I'm, I'm back at what, 20 odd years now she said look, it's not just it's not just about 
a house. You know, especially the, you know people who chronic homeless probably correct is that the correct yeah. term. Um, you know, they will have other social, maybe mental um, um, issues and problems to deal with. So it's not just about the physical bricks and mortar. Uh, and that sort of lesson has stuck with me as a very young man. Has stuck with me for twenty odd years now. So how do you deal with this? Well, the best people able to deliver that are councils and charities. Not national government, so all an MP can do is make sure there's funding available, proper funding, decent funding for housing charities for local government to be able to deal with problems on the ground in a holistic, well thought out way. There is uh, certainly a holistic, well thought out um, method of dealing with that chronic homelessness called Housing First. Do you know of the Housing First movement? I'm not aware of that movement. Uh, perhaps I can leave you with that one Show to Google when you get home. Yeah, if, if there's something you give me, that'd be something to, interesting to read. Okay, well, Carl, thanks very much for coming in. Uh, thanks for starting this conversation with us. Uh, we, we look forward to um, getting the replies on Facebook and the social media and the like. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you.